world is going through an expansion of consciousness, a changing of the ages, and many of us are on an awakening journey. I want to explore what all of this means and share people's personal stories so we can relate, enjoy the mystical experiences, and perhaps connect some more dots. Everyone's journey is completely unique. I'm your host, Wendy, and this is Light Always Wins. Hello, everyone. Today I have Ruby Wolf joining me on the podcast. And um, one short little note, I have my baby goose in the same room I'm recording. So if you hear some cheeping, it's just a little gosling in the background. We're just going to let her hang out with us today. But anyway, thanks so much for being here, Ruby. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself, like what you do, what you're interested in? Yeah. So I am a sound healer and a tarot reader. I'm currently living in Longmont, Colorado. I was in New Orleans for seven years before that. And that's really where I got my start with the sound healing. Um, it was with using like mantra actually in a yoga teacher training I did. So that was very, um, like bhakti inspired and tantra inspired the training I did, um, with Sean Johnson in new Orleans. And so that kind of like launched me on my path of sound healing, um, which has really deepened. Um, and I've gone like, um, I use so much more than mantra now. Um, but that's kind of my origin story into the sound healing was through the yoga practice of mantra. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like yoga is such a gateway for so many people, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like the start way, like the start of the journey for a lot of people. Like I didn't end there. Um, but it definitely was a doing that teacher training was a cornerstone in my spiritual work and in my own journey for sure. Cool. So do you feel like you've been on sort of a long gradual journey or has it been like accelerated for you? I'm curious, what, what does your journey look like? Yeah. So it's definitely been a long, slow burn with Mm -hmm. these little pockets of accelerated, uh, like, I don't know, like these little accelerated portals that happen and then like long, slow integration. So it's been a long journey for sure. A long, slow burn. Yeah. Cool. So I, we, we are in a Patreon group together with, um, Evie's Patreon farmhouse moon astrology. And I've heard you talk a little bit about your upbringing and your dad, uh, is a pastor or something, right? So he's not currently, um, a practicing minister anymore, which in itself is so interesting. Um, but I grew up in an evangelical Pentecostal cult that my parents ran and were the pastors of. So that was the first 18, 19 years of my life. Wow. What was that? Do you mind if I ask a little more about that? Oh, no, please do. In okay. in a way, like it informs this conversation so much because yeah. that was like, it was so interesting because I only have full clarity on it. Like, honestly, I only have full, full clarity since my Saturn return. Okay. On like what that whole experience was um, because it was a very dark environment mm-hmm. um, and the type of um, like Christianity or like evangelical faith that it was, there was a high, um, like, I guess there was a fixation almost on spiritual experience. And so like a lot of speaking in tongues, a lot of faith healing, a lot of prophecy. And I woke up really, or like, I woke up really young or maybe was like born (laughs) awake, but everything I believed was so, or felt to be true, um, was so contraindicated by everything that I was being taught that I didn't feel like I was awake. I felt like I was, there was something wrong with me. Um, cause this was the only, like the only faith I was ever taught. This was the only paradigm. Like, and I lived in this like spiritual paradigm that was like, just everyone in my life believed it. Um, and it's so dogmatic and it's like, so you're either this way or you're this way. And so I like 
thought that I was like tainted or a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I would be in these, um, services sometimes. And I would feel like almost physically sick by what was happening. Um, yeah. or by like the energy of the person that was there. Um, and I experienced a lot of now, okay. I'm assuming that everyone that listens to your podcast is like some way on this level. So I'm going to bring out entities. <laughs> Yeah, even though I don't like, you know, usually like enter into every conversation. I'm like, so let's talk about entity attachment. Oh, no, we go Um, everywhere here. I like (laughs) definitely experience dark entities in those services, you know, from time to time. Like there was certain um, like televangelists or prosperity ministers that would come in. There was certain times with actually like probably big televangelists that people would realize where I would sit in the services and I would be like physically sick and I could. There was just a lot of dark energy. Um, And also um, something I didn't really get clarity on until I did some work um, with tantric retreats that when people are like speaking in tongues and like having those kinds of experiences, they're basically just running Kundalini energy into their body. (laughs) So it's not like, it's not like there's not actual spiritual experiences happening in those services. Like people are definitely, activating their what um some cosmologies might call kundalini energy yeah Um, and so that was another thing is I left like at 19 I left that experience and I was like everything about that was wrong I like am rejecting all of it and also rejecting like spirituality as a whole was um confusing because I had actually witnessed spiritual experience in that container mm-hmm. and so it was like throwing out the baby with the bathwater almost made everything more confusing for me because like if that's like that was the only spiritual context I had mm-hmm. and so it's like okay if that's not real there was real things that happened in which case that is real in which case am I going to hell yeah. And so having, I almost needed like 10 years of just like learning other spiritual traditions um, and experiencing similar energy and other um, spiritual technologies. So I could understand that a lot of that was people just running Kundalini energy through their body. And so there is this heightened state when a bunch of people are doing that yeah. um, in a room. Yeah. Wow. So do you think like the, um, why do you think there were darker energies? I'm curious. Is it the like intention that's being set or is it because people are being healed and like all their stuff's coming out? I mean, or a combination. I'm kind of curious if you have any theories about that. I have so many theories. (laughs) I love that we get to talk about this. So, um, a lot of the key players in that world um, are making a ton of money from that world. Okay. Um, and uh, the prosperity message is if you give money to our ministry, you'll be healed. You'll get a bunch of money. Um, and so at the pulpit, they're basically, everyone's in this heightened spiritual state. And then before everyone's going to go get healed, they're passing the offering plate around. And so there's a lot of manipulation and coercion. Um, And so it's something that it really clarified for me. And it's interesting for those that are really into astrology. Both of my parents have Pluto in the eighth house conjunct on Mm. each other. So when I looked at their composite chart, um, so to kind of have the heightened um, spiritual state that these like evangelical ministers need to have, um, they are like tapping into people's energy field and like prophecy is big in those circles. And so I've seen those ministers read people's energy like right on. Yeah. Um, But like you can tap into that power and have it not come from the light. And if you're like sharing an oppressive ideology mm-hmm. um, and uh, really like the, you're like asking people to give money and you're asking people to um, like 
give money in exchange for healing. I think that that is kind of a dark energy. Like, not that there's anything wrong with like asking for money for your spiritual time. Um, but it's not a, like when I charge for my sound healing, I'm not like, okay, so like, give me this money and then you're going to get a mansion in heaven and I'm going to cure your cancer. It's like, okay, this is a thing I've studied and we're having an energy exchange. Um, so I think that the money and power associated attract lower entities that are like happy to feed off of that. It's interesting too. Like the, the eighth house is very much like a mediumship type of placement as well. Um, it's being able to access the other side, whether that's, you know, light, dark, it's funny too. I like, I, I still am not sure, like, that's just part of the mystery, right? Is like, what is, what is dark, you know? And so um, that's why I was fascinated by that because I feel like darkness is there for us to transmute, you know, and integrate sort of like, I'm picturing like Pac-Man, like eating the little ghosts. Um, (laughs) and, uh, yeah, but it's interesting if you're using it sort of like, it sounds like almost like it was sort of like a fuel, you know, more than it actually getting transmuted. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's interesting because I also saw light being grounded in sometimes in those services, not often. Um, but right before I left, <laughs> this is so funny to me now. Um, but I basically started teaching like, uh, the youth group, how to do like channeled art, how to like connect to higher source. And so like, they were like doing all of these paintings where they were like, this is a painting that came through. And like, that was like total light. Like everyone was connecting to their higher self and they were painting and all of these beautiful messages were coming through. And so it's not like the only thing that ever was it experience was darkness, but I will right. say this, like every spiritual tradition basically says that darkness is fueled by fear and those uh-huh. services and that ideology is fear, fear, fear. Cause it's like, if you don't believe in this, you're going to go to hell. And then yeah. they use certain, um, scriptures to say like, okay, well, like God's going to spit the lukewarm out of his mouth. So like, are you really a Christian? And even with the giving, it's like, okay, so are you really giving the proper amount of money to the church? Because if you're not, then like, maybe you don't have enough faith. Yeah. And so everything's fueled by fear and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting for sure. Oh, wow. (laughs) I was like on a road trip recently and I happened to, we were using the radio and I tuned into like a, I don't know if you would call them evangelical, but like somebody who was preaching, you know what I mean? Yes. So entertaining. And I have to say like 90 something percent of what he was saying, I agreed with. And then later I like heard another one that I was like, oh, no, 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 no. But it's just so interesting, like how we can find a lot of common threads through different, um, spiritual practices. Like you said, you explored like all of it because you're like, I don't know what's good. I don't know what's bad. I don't know what it is. Like, it sounds very confusing coming out of that setting for sure. Oh, totally. And then I think I like got into the yoga world and I was like, oh, this is such a higher form of spirituality. And then the more I got in, I was like, oh, all of the gurus that started these lineages were all serial abusers. Like not all, but like (laughs) a large portion, a large portion. And even like there was one of my pockets of accelerated spiritual growth. I was doing a lot of Kundalini yoga Mm -hmm. and that wasn't something I like consciously decided to do. It like fell in my lap. I did it a bunch Mm -hmm. and I was like recently looking into starting that practice again and like looking at all of the serial abuse that Yogi Bhajan did it's like yeah like spirituality it seems one of the key like pitfalls you can fall into is becoming this like ego-centered yeah person that's abusing your spirituality and so that also isn't 
like for me, zooming out and seeing things from a holistic perspective has really brought a lot of clarity to mm-hmm. the evangelical um, worldview that I grew up in. Because in so many ways, it's not that different from um, corrupted spiritual streams and other lineages as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, what's kind of cool about that, too, I'm, I'm automatically thinking about this shift from like, the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. And it feels like that aspect is shifting with that paradigm shift, like where it used to be top down institution. Now it seems like it's more about everybody kind of like, you know, Aquarius is sort of like detached and it's kind of the loner. And it's like, I got to go kind of find myself over here. And then I'm going to come back and like do my job for humanity and the collective. And it feels just much more collaborative, you know? Yes. 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 I also see it as, um, that abuse of power happens when we, um, engage in spirituality from a primary, primarily masculine lens. Mm -hmm. Um, because I find that a lot of the yoga lineages, um, they're very heavy in the masculine, Mm -hmm. um, which is similar to like most streams of Christianity, which have just sliced the feminine right off. They don't even acknowledge it. Like at least in yoga, they acknowledge it. Um, but a lot of the, like, yoga sutras and stuff and I'm not talking about tantra I'm talking about like what is taught in most western yoga schools it's like the Sanskrit scripture that gets quoted a lot is like ceasing the fluctuations of the mind which is a very masculine approach to spirituality Mm. you know like Shiva Mm -hmm. like is suspended in consciousness and to me the feminine is more about receiving transmissions and like receiving and then moving through that in a way that like benefits the collective, like the feminine sees the other more. Um, and so there wasn't a lot of feminine happening in those services. And yeah. so it's like uh, when it's all like masculine, 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 and like solar, and there's no like receiving or nurturing or like integration, um, it can it can cause us like a really strange imbalance where everyone's just like anxious all the time and like trying to get to the next thing. And like, um, I see that a lot actually with like modern new age, like Ascension, uh, like Ascension. I don't know what you talk it when everyone's like talking about ascending to five D and ascending to five D like the feminine's all about like grounding into the body. And ah. I teach Mary Magdalene consciousness. Mary Magdalene consciousness is like, get in your body. That is how you ascend. Yeah. Um, yes, that's so. something that I've come across as well. And I've been, I've explored the whole gamut, right? And like, I talk about new earth. I talk about 5D because I do think there is a new frequency. But like, there was one day I tuned in to Gaia. And I saw that the 5d frequency was anchored into the earth and the old 3d frequency was almost like becoming an astral realm and yeah I just got chills same (laughs) but like I was like whoa this whole time I've been thinking of this frequency as this higher out there thing but it's yeah. actually like about connecting to nature and like, like what you just said, like grounding into the body and yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, it's interesting. I mean, and it's, I also like still appreciate stuff coming from people. I mean, I just, I think a huge part of spirituality, which I think you have a really great experience with is discernment, you know? Yes. And everybody's yes. going to have like a different specialty or angle or whatever but like it sounds like you've gotten pretty good at discerning (laughs) honestly I think that's one of the reasons why I had the growing up experience that I had is like I am unbrainwashable in almost a not fun way like I moved outside of Boulder and like there was some of some of the spiritual stuff that was happening I was like oh man I really wish that I could just like shut my brain off and get into this yeah Um, but a lot of it is like some of the um, like the law of attraction is totally real, but simplified and taught in a way that is not really 
helpful I find um in this like current uh I don't know in a lot of the circles that I was um hanging out in um I feel like it's not intersectional and it doesn't acknowledge the systems of oppression that we live in um which uh, I feel like is a part of moving into the Aquarian age yeah um is like not separating our spirituality from what's happening in the world which I yeah. saw a lot in those groups it's um, really, that is really challenging. Like it's it really, really challenging because the earth is like, so we are seeing everything now. So it's yes. like, how, where, how do you make those intersect? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like what you were saying, like, like, I also believe that the new age that we're moving into or like the new earth it is like um that frequency is absolutely grounded in Gaia and it is found and it is like sourced and channeled um when we um like use our our body like the human body as a conduit for the divine as opposed to ascending out of it yeah and so like how can we have that like be our spiritual goal when on a larger scale we're like committing matricide against Gaia yeah and so our spirituality has to be grounded in what's going on in the world not that we get all anxious about it and like our like that's the only thing that we're focusing on um but we can't ignore what's happening yeah. with the environment and with like the systems of oppression we're living in and have a spiritual practice. Um, it's more instead of having like an outward, like I, for me, it's like, instead of transforming things from like the external into the internal, we're like a transforming from the internal to the external. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though, what you were saying about, like, we can't ignore these systems of oppression because that is something I've been wrestling with through this eclipse season. Um, and I keep getting the messages to let it go mm. and, um, and to trust more, like it's kind of that divine feminine where it's like, yeah, what we really need to do is we kind of just need to surrender and let yeah. nature take its course because it feels like everything, this has gotten so big that yes. like none of us can carry all of it on our shoulders. I mean, we are going to be in some way. Um, and I think yeah. we're going to be working through it together, but, um, yeah, with this like discernment piece too, there's so much out there that is so inverted too about like yes. what, what's going on with the world and the climate and everything. Like, yeah, we have climate problems, but like nobody's talking about chemtrails, you know, and how that affects the climate. I mean, there's like, there's stuff that is really, really dark that yeah. um, we need to look at, you know, but also I'm being guided to let it go. So it's a very challenging time for me. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's interesting because in a lot of ways I've had to let a lot of it go too. Like I used to really, um, be on the like zero waste bandwagon. Um, and not that I like completely threw that out. Um, but it's, one of those things where um, capitalism takes these issues and it uh, puts them on the individual when in some way, like we are all powerless against mm -hmm. uh, what's happening. No, none of us on an individual level can stop climate change. Like we yeah. can stop using plastic, but until major that's corporations even, change. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's even really there, challenging, right? Cause it's everything, so challenging. everything comes in it. So it's like, yeah, it, it's, yeah. It, I feel like it's, there's this middle way, like if we mm -hmm. can do our best and not punish ourselves, but like yes. do the best we can um, yes. and try to like gradually make our way towards whatever. And another thing is like the way that we support these um, corporations is I feel like if we can start pulling back more and trying to 
find people around us who produce things and also start producing some things ourselves. Like, yes, and this, I realize sounds like a, a big task, but like, if we can just do it slowly and gradually, which I think yes. is already happening, we'll, we'll find our way out and through. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I've, that's what I've been feeling as well. And I also feel like that's so Aquarian. Um, yeah. It's like, okay, if our like, if the larger systems that we live in, in terms of government, if they're not going to support us in this way, then like in some way we have to create our own sustainable communities yeah. um, where we're supporting each other, whether it's through like sustainable farming, which I know you probably know a lot more about than <laughs> I do, or um, just like upcycling offering services in exchange for other services yeah so I would love to start a like a healers co-op here in Longmont where it's like okay yeah you're a tarot reader someone else is like a body worker give six tarot readings get a body work reiki um because it's hard to afford this full spiritual care that we need as spiritual healers like if we're spiritual healers we need a lot of um spiritual healing and that is hard in this economy so Uh even for me just like thinking of ways we can sustainably support each other that um shifts a little bit how we usually like show up for those kinds of um energy exchanges um just little by little little by little so like that's kind of when it comes to like the collective stuff and not bypassing that that's more where I'm at these days yeah Cool. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we talked about that because that's just been on my mind so much. And I even, I made a video yesterday and I, I even listened to it and I was like, I just feel like I'm being too harsh with people. Like, yeah, it's like, because sometimes we get so weighed down by like all this, all the craziness, you know what I mean? But I think we just have to be really gentle with ourselves because I do feel like the old world is dying and yes. like collapsing and we are at the same time like coming into something new and it's really exciting i mean i feel like also with that um aquarian energy there it's aquarius is ruled by uranus which is the higher mind so it almost feels like mm-hmm. we're automatically being connected to that higher consciousness so we can work our way out of this you know <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only way we're going to work our way out of this. And Uranus <laughs> is also like Kundalini energy. Like you were talking about, yeah. like bringing it into the body and then being like physical channels, you know? Yes. Basically. Yes. And I actually I think, think that's that- happening to people, even if they're not conscious of it. Oh, totally. I think that it's no accident that Mary Magdalene consciousness is um, becoming um, more and more of a presence in like the spiritual zeitgeist. I hadn't heard anything about that consciousness um, like 10, 15 years ago. And now I see it a lot. And her, um, I don't think that her codex, that her gospel was even discovered until like, I want to say like 1930, but I don't have exact dates on that. Yeah. The non-bodies. Yeah, 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 her stuff was pretty recent. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty recent. Oh no, no, you're fine. And then her gospel wasn't even um published until after World War II. Hmm. Uh, because there was all of these, like it was about to be published and World War One happened, and then it was gonna be published again, and World War II happened. So it's a pretty recent um spiritual text in terms of how long we've had access to it. But her gospel is all about um being the bridge between heaven and earth. Um, and becoming fully divine by becoming fully human. And um, there's so many passages in her gospel. And like, there's, it's really interesting because we've uncovered three copies of it. Um, I want to say two in Greek and one in Coptic and all of them have the same missing pages. Hmm. And so we don't know everything that's in her gospel, but what we do know is pretty radical because there's passages like, don't look outside of you for truth. Like truth exists inside of you. So like, it's all about like, instead of like worshiping Christ, like becoming Christ yeah. um, through the process of inner transformation and connecting to the heart. And I feel like that is the spiritual message for now. 
Like everything we've even talked about, it like grounds that so beautifully to me. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And it's funny too, how obviously like you were saying the Piscean or, you know, these, a lot of these, um, spiritual practices were very, very masculine for a long time. And it's just like in the past couple of years and probably before then, but as that's, I've only really been aware of it. The past couple of years is like, I just was getting all these signs that like the divine feminine is like flooding in to like, come help balance it. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. I think it's, I think it's all about balance, you know, because like you said, grounding it in and taking action with the divine guidance is like, that's the masculine part of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And we need both. Like we can't like throw out the masculine for the feminine. Yeah. Um, but we're so out of balance on a world level that like the divine feminine needs to flood in so that we can find that balance. <laughs> we need that like Kali kind of like that's kind oh, of yeah. happening. Like she's just like wiping shit out and like so we can. Oh, yeah. You. <laughs> oh, totally. Oh, totally. And like Kali is totally like Uranus and Pluto for sure. Mm, um, yeah. Like radical liberation, like liberation by any means possible. Um, I've done a lot of work with Kali um, and it's like, it's an intense energy because if you like um, invoke her energy in the technologies of mantra, when you um, are chanting a Sanskrit mantra, you're not just like, like in Christianity, it's like, we're here like worshiping God, but in um, like mantric technology, you're actually like invoking the energy. And I was chanting to Kali like in all of my yoga classes for like a year and then like ended up like had a crazy divorce like all of this stuff happened like my life like fell apart but it was all because I was so far from where I needed to be as a soul um and so a lot of like I feel like the Kali stuff is like just like dissolving structures like dissolving anything that's like not in alignment with the highest good like which is so Uranus, like just like anything that is standing in the way of your liberation is just, it's going to crumble. Yeah. Yeah. And also like that, I don't, sorry, I keep bringing up the Aquarian age like over and over again, <laughs> but it's just what's coming through. Um, Do it. It's androgynous too. Yes. So yes. it's that, it's that uh, balanced masculine and feminine energy and like heaven yes. earth, you know, within. Yes. Without. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, um, Kali is like one of the original cosmic mothers in a lot of these, um, spiritual practices that venerate both the divine masculine and the divine feminine, the divine feminine as seen as being more androgynous and holding both because it's the feminine that births the masculine out. Right. Cause like the feminine has the ability to birth and that's echoed in the, um, like the mythos of Christ where he's born of a virgin, just a woman, just a woman is responsible for him, her and uh, the creative principle of the universe. Yeah. And so whenever we're dealing with the divine feminine, we're really dealing with both because she is the creatrix of both, which I feel like is so interesting. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Like the cosmic egg is what we all come from. So we all come from the mother um but our view of the divine feminine has been so in a way um toned down because mm-hmm. of how we see femininity in our patriarchal culture but like the divine feminine is wild man she's like creation and destruction so she's yeah. she contains all of it you know yeah it's funny too i just have to play devil's advocate for a second too because oh please do there's there's all there's also that question what came first the chicken or the egg and it's like yeah. you know i i hear like um it was like there was thought and then there was light you know and then like mm. and then there was sound i don't know i still am like but really is it the feminine like it's just oh, man it. that's the mystery I don't know I feel like it was the I feel like the feminine came first all right like, that's all right. that's and like there's so much um like other like world mythologies that <laughs> um that have that flavor to them yeah, but yeah. I will say in like uh 
I want to say it's like in a lot of the ancient um, Egyptian mythology, I feel like God was male first, you know, he kind of like ejaculates onto the world and that's how we start. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, I think that there's arguments for both. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I love it. I mean, I just kind of also love the idea of letting some of the things be mysterious. Like I, I try to figure it all out all the time. Like that's why I have this podcast. I mean, that's just what I'm here for, I guess. (laughs) I'm here to live too, but a lot of it is trying to unravel the mysteries, you know? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of this can only ever be mystery and I have such an issue whenever we create rigid beliefs yeah um because like we we can we can only know so much and that's what I think the gift of me being a skeptic um is that I'm like I will go through the world and I'll have so many experiences that then I adopt a belief um and so like with the sound healing, it was like, wow, this is really working. And then I would like work on it more and like more stuff would come through. And so like, now I absolutely believe in the power of sound mm-hmm. to sh- create big shifts. Cause I've seen oh, yeah. it firsthand. Um, and then the, in my spiritual, um, journey, like maybe you'll relate to this, like I will have experiences and then like the book or the teaching will pop up that gives context for that. Uh-huh. Um, and so, and I think that's how it's supposed to be. I think that we're supposed to be like co-creating with the divine and then mm-hmm. teachings and teachers and modalities come up to help support us. So anytime we get too stuck in the intellect, the, the masculine course, the feminine converse, like all oh, this yeah. is some, like fun to talk about. But I mean, yeah. like whenever we like get plugged into dogma, yeah. Um, or trying to like have definitive answers. I think that's when we get a little caught or that's stuck. where we get stuck. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I, that's where like, I've been finding myself there recently just with this whole, like this eclipse window. So it's really funny you say that. Um, but I love, like, I just, one of my ways of healing is just learning about it all, you know? Yes. Oh um, Yeah. But I would love for you to tell us more about your experiences with sound healing. Um, yeah, you got going on that. I'm like, I've watched your videos on Instagram and I'm just like, whoa, oh, cool. like today I started, to, I was like showing my husband. I was like, look who I'm interviewing today. And I like started to play one of your videos and I just like started to tear up. Like I was, and he was like oh. looking at me like I'm crazy. And I was like, I think I just really need to cry. Okay. I got to get it together. I got to interview her. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you. I know I need to put more stuff on my Instagram and be a little more active there. That's like a block that I'm trying to heal through. (laughs) Um, but the sound healing is so amazing and I don't even know where to begin. So I, I sang classically all through high school and for a semester of college was a vocal performance major and had some real wounds there. Cause I was like, um, really criticized in the church I grew up in about my voice. And okay. um, even was like, right before I left, there was like an online bullying campaign about like, it was nepotism that I was on stage, which is just hilarious. Cause by that point, like it was a pretty small operation. So like, <laughs> and also like being on stage was terrible. So I was sparing other people from that. Um, so anyways, I had this, like it created this block and this wound, right? This like soul fracture. Um, about my voice. And then when I did my yoga teacher training, I like sang a little bit on and off in other ways, but um, I was really disconnected from that part of myself. And our first opening weekend, we like sang mantras like all weekend long. And it was like the most healing thing. And um, I found so much healing in the traditions of bhakti um because are you familiar with like bhakti yoga no i'm not actually okay so bhakti yoga is the yoga of um like devotion and the heart and emotion and like rumi is very like he really carries that transmission of bhakti for me um 
like it's a lot of experiencing like ecstasy with the divine through like experiences of like sacred poetry and chanting and it was really radical um at the time because it was a householder tradition so it gave spirituality to like anybody it was non-hierarchical like yeah. if you have the ability to chant then you can experience the divine yeah and so um how i approach that practice is i'm somebody that's like very uh influenced by my emotions and so i can have like really big emotions of like grief and heartbreak and um within the tradition of bhakti like all emotion is seen as um, a gateway to the divine. And so it's about transmuting that energy um, into devotion. So if I come to my mm. harmonium and I'm like experiencing like loneliness or heartbreak or grief or um, frustration, and I like use a mantra as a way to like I fully express that emotion and also like offer it to the divine as an offering, like I always feel better after mm -hmm. like my problems might not all be solved, but like there is a lightness of being in a higher perspective and like in a course of miracles, a miracle is just defined as a shift in perspective. And so that's what I feel like the mantras do for me. Like they make miracles in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I said, I like, that's how I got into the sound healing was just with some, not just, but with the technology of Sanskrit mantras. And I always really, before my classes, when I taught yoga, I tried to make that practice like to demystify it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And so in one sense, I always like try to bring in like, you know, like the Jungian psychology and the, to make it like, I don't want anyone to feel like they have to be like really spiritual to benefit from this practice. Yeah. Cause we have all have so much hangups about what that means. Yeah. Um, and also I experienced like more mysticism and magic doing mantra than I ever had before. So it was like this, uh, trying to, in my mind, um, like grounded into what's like beneficial in the present day. Cause my big fear yeah. is always like, becoming my parents and just like getting caught up in the yeah the feel good spiritual stuff trying to bridge um, the practicality with it right exactly exactly and I have like a cancer south node Capricorn north node and so I think for me it's like being able to like ground these like really transcendent practices into a in a way that um can make them accessible for people that might otherwise be closed off to them mm -hmm. so like, I think that that having that kind of um, a mindset was helpful going more into the vibrational sound healing. Mm -hmm. um, basically, how I got into the crystal bowls is my guidance was like, you need nine crystal bowls. And I was like, I need nine. I thought I needed seven for the chakras. Like, no, you need nine. Um, and so I did the research and I found like one other sound healer that was like, you need nine bowls. Um, and so I got these bowls custom made and they Whoa. showed up at my house. And then I was like, do I do a sound healing training? And since I've done like a couple certifications, um, just so I can like say I'm certified. Um, but I was like, do I do a sound healing training? And my guidance was like, no, we're going to teach you how to do this. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of information. And so it was like for somebody that has always come from the perspective of like, let's ground this and science and transpersonal psychology, like that was hard for my ego. But I think that's always what we get. The thing that's going to be like, it's, it's going to keep us out of our ego a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I start, my guides taught me how to use the bowls. Um, and cool. since then I have been, um, like led towards, um, really amazing, um, sound healing teachers. And there's actually one that I'm going to, um, like drop name drop really quickly. Yeah. Um, just if anyone's listening, like wants to know where to start. Yeah. Her name is Eileen Day McCusick. Oh, I know her. And she wrote a book. Um, I believe it's called Tuning the Human Biofield. Uh-huh. Um, and I she's all about the tuning ports, but of how she talks about 
how sound healing works, I find her to be the most accessible because she's amazing. Yeah. Have you read some of her stuff? I've never read it. I, um, I've only dabbled in sound healing. Like I haven't read anything because I similarly to you have gotten internal guidance, but I haven't gotten into like using instruments really. Like I've pretty much, um, used, just used water. So like I make recordings of water and there's, I've been guided in how to do that and how the different frequencies work on your body. But I'm very interested in sound healing. And there's another woman named Sherry Edwards. Uh, have you ever, have you heard of her? She no, I haven't. Be, she might be another one for you to check out. I follow Eileen on Instagram, but I haven't read anything. Yeah, I highly recommend her book. Um, cool. Tuning the human bio field. Um, I'm going to look at this other sound educator that you shared. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, so uh, reading a lot of Eileen stuff was so helpful for me because it was confirming what I've experientially witnessed in sound healing sessions, which is that um, my bowls are tuned to 528 hertz, which is the frequency of the earth. I think that's really important if anybody wants to get bowls that they're getting them um, tuned correctly from a, um, like a vendor who they really trust to have them tuned accurately. Because um, the 528 hertz, like you feel them really somatically. Mm. Um, like a lot of people will, will cry when they hear the bowls mm. um, because they just like release things immediately um it was it's I don't know I always have a little bit of imposter syndrome sometimes before I like bring the bowls places and I brought them um it's like a gathering the other night and I'm like a little nervous because I think they're amazing so I like talk yeah. them up and then I'm yeah. like oh what if people don't like them you right. know and every single time the minute people, the bowls start playing like everyone just like you know, like they like, are they're all right there and they're all just like crying and they want to touch them and they want to play them. I feel like there's like this, this sacred ancient, like healing technology. You just really yes. could heal the whole world with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. but according to, um, Eileen's theories about, um, the biofield is that, um, our memories are held outside of us in this, auric fields or uh, this energy body mm -hmm. um and the sounds the frequencies of the sounds have the ability to shift and release a lot of um those imbalances and when i use the tuning forks on people it's like tuning an instrument like i don't do any i'm just when i'm uh doing sound healing i'm just like a like a handmaiden for the sound. I just, they <laughs> tell me what to do. I don't like, yeah. I'm not like, everyone's like, oh, you're so like, how do you, like, how did you learn to be a sound healer? I'm like, I just let the sound heal. It's really, yeah. it's the, out of everything I do, it's the easiest, most like intuitive thing. I love that. that. You'll be doing, yes, I love it too. Um, I'll like do the tuning works on people and something will sound out of tune. Uh -huh. Like, it's like, oh, okay. So they keep this, the right side solar plexus, this feels a little tune. And then somebody will have like, I have a, my co-parent has like polycystic kidney disease. And if I didn't know that about him, the tuning forks would tell me that there's something right there. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, once you start working with the tuning forks, like you realize how like elegant sound healing is, mm -hmm. um, because it's, we're all really vibrational creatures like our whole body is tuned frequency mm -hmm. and so using the frequency to shift them so that's like the some more of the individual stuff with what i bring to like instagram it's more just like channeling source yeah um and that's still that's a that's a little more of like an esoteric um practice and the sound I definitely healing, which I feel get, is like priestess energy for sure 
from your, your videos. Aww. I mean, I just see like the divine feminine. You. <laughs> you have such a divine feminine essence. Like you Thank just, you, you do. <laughs> So can I tell Thank you? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I would I would love to share with you a little bit of what I've experienced with water because yes, please do. It coincides with a lot of things you're saying. So um I, I'm sure you probably you probably know a lot about how water works spiritually, I would I would guess. But only through studying sound because of all okay. like the research that's been done with sound. Yeah. yeah. And water. Yeah. So like what you were saying about that information field, like there is water in the air. Um, you know, there is moisture in the air and water has memory. So like the way that I've been guided to use it is like, I will just go out to a stream and I'll go listen to like really hard crashing water and let it like break everything up in my body. And then, you know, our bodies are like 70% water. So you're like merging with the water. And so it's like the sound of it is, is changing things in your body. And so like, I'll hear this crashing and I get everything like kind of broken up and then I'll go to like a really deep bubbly sound and um, Mm -hmm. like a, a, a stream, like pouring right into a pool And, um, it's like a deep sound. And I feel like that really stirs up all the things in the bottom of like, you know, and then I, and then I will go to like a more gentle flow. Like I'll always end on a gentler flowing stream and that just kind of smooths everything out. And the other thing that like, I just channel a lot of stuff about water. Um, and it's like, one of the first things I ever wrote about it was like how it gathers all of the information from the moss, the ferns, the stones, and like everything it sees on its way down the mountain and it brings it to the land. And like, I feel like when you can take just a moment to like sit with a stream and listen, it's a way to remember. And, um, So I like what you said too, about releasing. I kind of got this like thought about releasing whatever is in that memory. And then I kind of pictured like going out in nature to a stream to help you like remember like truth and your connection to like nature and spirit. Um, yeah, I and I you've you've got me interested in the biofield tuning because I think that that would be something that I would just like click with immediately. <laughs> I think that you should look into it more because you can actually tune your water. And um yeah, yeah, like and I'm sure that you read about like the science experiments where they um they like they look at the water and like the patterns and yeah, um, Dr. Emoto. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, if you put water in a singing bowl and you start, um, playing the singing bowl, it will start bubbling Yeah, and like the water will start moving. Um, and I, one of my little dreams is that is to offer that water to people is to like go out under the full moon and get the bowls out and fill the bowls with water maybe like do a flower essence situation because I love flower essences um yes flower essences are pure magic um and being able to offer that because there is something so sacred about water and a relationship to water and how much water we can contain and um yeah and I love that you shared that because uh, I think that like Sound healing is something that we can really engage in every day. And that practice that you're talking about is absolutely a way that you can engage in that um, without needing any instruments or training. It's like, yeah, just like go to a great stream and like listen to the water and like feel like we are earth beings like that is healing in itself. Yeah. I was recently just uh, reading 
Young's book, Man and His Symbols. And I got to the part where like he's talking about mandalas. And it made me think of that when you talked about the singing bowl, because I know like cymatics will show up like in the bowl when you're when you've got water in it. And what I loved that he said about the mandala is that in a lot of um, different cultures, it represents like the soul, like in the self. And it's like the, but it's like wholeness. So again, that word, like remembering, um, comes up and, you know, they say like, first there was the word, you know? And, um, so yeah, you're just triggering, you're making all these things fire off in my brain and my mercury is like a huge shopping bag. So sorry, I'm getting a little overwhelmed here, but I love it. (laughs) Oh no, please don't like, don't be sorry. Like these are the conversations that I want to have every day. Like I, (laughs) this is what I love to talk about. I was like, again, I was like having dinner with some friends that are spiritually inclined. And I was like, look, I'm sorry. We don't have to talk about esoterica for hours. Like it's just, it's always so great to be in the company of people um, that are, the nerd out on this as yeah. much as I do. Yeah. This is what I spend my whole life doing. Like if you could see my bookshelf right now, I have like a hundred bookshelves in my house and it's like, <laughs> it's all this. So anytime I get to have these conversations, I am like lit up all my chakras. <laughs> and stuff. Awesome. I also like, I just love so much all of those different little elements you were talking about with the flower essences and the water and the moon. I mean, everything we're talking about is very divine feminine for sure. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Which is interesting because, um, like I felt, I never thought that I would bring astrology into my healing practice. I felt very much like that was like, I'm going to leave that in the hands of the astrologers. Like I'll, I'll be a, like a patron of astrology, but I'm not going to become an astrologer. And then I did a 40 day um, devotional practice to ISIS. And Mm -hmm. I got like this message that I was going to be getting um like a past life gift was restored to me and I was like oh cool like my sound healing will probably really uh like transform and get better um because I like I definitely view like sound is something that I was working with my soul has been working with for a while and I think whenever we find something and immediately it just like clicks yeah um whether it's like a spiritual thing or not that's like a sign that that's not the first time, you know, or it's not our first rodeo with whatever we're engaging in. We have that with. Um, And so I was like, yeah, so I got that message. And then immediately like astrology just clicked for me. And within Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks, I was using nail charts and sessions with clients. Um, But I feel like that has been the first divine masculine thing that I have really brought into the practice and it's been beautiful to witness um a more like div- what I view as more of a divine masculine like I feel like the astrology is totally the magician card um it's been really great to witness how that complements the feminine and really seeing how the masculine and the feminine complement each other um and it's really interesting how reading a chart feels different than the sound healing Mm-hmm. Um, and how, like how I need to reconnect or ground myself after those practices. And it's also like similar to tarot. Um, but I feel like, um, like the, the way that is, and maybe since you also aren't like, are interested in work with all of these modalities, you can, um, confirm or maybe, uh, offer like a, a different, um, opinion or point of view. But while like the, when I'm looking at a chart, definitely like the channeling and the feminine will come through. But when I'm learning about astrology, it's to me, it's very masculine. It's like study and um, practical application. This it's funny because this conversation is definitely very inspiring for me to lean into the divine feminine a little more because um, I definitely and more of like, I, I definitely lean into the masculine more, but, um, I love like how you're very open and receptive and just like kind of letting it flow. And I know I have that in me too. <laughs> just got to trust it. 
it's funny too, what came up for me when you were talking about that astrology, like just when you started learning about astrology and you were just like, I just get it. I feel like our whole group, uh, that Stevie has sort of like drawn to her. I feel like we're yeah. all like that. And so yes. it definitely feels like soul family in some way. Oh, totally. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. And when you were talking about that as well, with the just kind of remembering things or things coming to you intuitively or just instinctively, I had a, um, and I was in a meditation one time where like all of a sudden I was like in a pyramid and I was laying on a stone table and these sounds started coming in and I started toning with them like out loud. And it was like showing me how to, heal myself. Like it felt, felt very like Hathor energy, but, um, it's just funny. I feel like you and me, and I just interviewed Kate too. Like I get a lot of Egyptian past life vibes from you guys and Stevie. Yes. Yes. It's so interesting. You say that I feel it's interesting because there's other sound healers that work with Hathor Mm -hmm. and feel a big connection with the uh, sound technology and, and Hawthorne. So that, yeah, that's something that to validate that experience yeah. that you've had, like that's yeah. definitely feels like that's in her wisdom stream is the sound healing. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of the, yeah, the sound healing and the astrology has always felt very like Isis, Isis more yeah. of the astrology and Hawthorne more the sound healing. So there's definitely, yeah, I, I love connect with Isis big time. So that oh, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. This podcast is so Isis, you know, <laughs> the higher spiritual learning, bringing that to the world yeah. and having conversations about that. Yeah. And just, it's funny too, like the, the name of it and the little logo, I mean, that all came intuitively. I didn't, I didn't even like fully understand the scales, like the weighing of the feather in the heart until, and I, maybe I won't ever fully understand it, but like a lot more pieces just recently came together for me. And it's just, it constantly blows my mind how we are basically constantly channeling, like whether we're aware of it or not, you know, and then it's just really cool when you become conscious of it and you can use that little bit of that masculine to investigate more and be and make some sense of it you know or be like oh wow like this yeah like I guess it is just kind of making some sense of it and connecting the dots I really enjoy that part <laughs> absolutely I feel and this is like these archetypes are so multivalent so there's so many ways they can express themselves but I always feel like the divine masculine is more of effort and the divine feminine is more grace. And so like, we can have like for grace to activate their needs for us, there needs effort to be involved in our part. Like, right. We need to like, we're kind of the fool, right? So we're like, the fool is like a card of action, like taking a step and then grace comes. And so, um, it's like, to me, the, the feminine really is like that channel, that intuitive insight, like this thing just came to me, but like you had to start the podcast, right? You had to like get the, uh, get the logo made and put it on the Instagram. And and to me, that's more of the, the divine masculine, right? Like being the container for that, that grace, that channel transmission. But I have an issue sometimes with some of the hardcore, like, or issue is a strong word, but some of the really like um, lineage based um, spiritual practitioners um, because I think the, the, there's so much um, emphasis on the tradition and the, the lineage and um, that more of the divine masculine that the room for channeling room for that direct experience sometimes gets, it gets lost or it, it, yeah. it, it wants to be controlled. Right. Um, and so I like, I think that having room, having lots of room for the grace and the channel to come in is like a lot of times in my, I have like a daily spiritual thing that I do, right? Like I draw a card and I like meditate and I, you know, yeah. Um, but to me, I'm just like, I'm like, this is the what I'm doing for the stream of the channel to come through. And if I ever like get to, 
in my masculine about it, it just ceases to become something that's feeding me and becomes like another thing on my to-do list. Mm, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. That is definitely like something that I've been uh, feeling lately. So I'm so glad you said that. I needed to hear that. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Oh my gosh. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> um, where can people find oh, you good. and what services do you offer? Yes. Okay. So you can find me on um, my Instagram is Seraphim Sound. Um, I'm there on TikTok as well. And then my website is rubymagdalenewolf.com. Um, like all one word. So follow me on Instagram. I'm going to try to get better at posting more um, content there. And I offer in-person sound healing sessions in Longmont, Colorado. Um, I'm working on ways that I can bring that um, like online. So people that aren't local to Colorado can benefit from that's a really beautiful healing modality. Um, but I also do um, tarot readings. I've been studying and practicing tarot for almost 10 years now. Um, so I do tarot readings. And then I also um, do, I'm still studying astrology. I do offer natal chart readings. So if you like are interested, but don't want to spend a lot of money, I'm a good person to go to, you know, kind of get your feet wet, see if it's yeah. something that is going to benefit you. And then I also do um, four week containers. And I think I decided on calling them soul initiations, but that's flexible um, where I combine um, astrology, tarot and sound. And I, that's something that's really interesting or like is feeling like stirred up in somebody that that's a, um, like an offering they might want to participate in. I could work around some of the sound healing stuff to do it online. We can always record sound healing transmissions to listen to. Um, Cause that's, yeah, that's a really great way to kind of like, get started on your path. If you're kind of like, I I'm feeling called to the spiritual path, but like what, what am I here for? Like, what should I be focusing on? That's like a really great roadmap that you get um, with that four week container. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. This was so much fun. Like I really appreciate it and, um, look forward to just talking to you more and stuff too. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a delight. Thanks for joining us for another episode. And if you're interested in following me for updates on the podcast or also the light always wins mystery school, you can follow me on Instagram at light.alwayswins. And if you enjoy this show, do us a favor and leave a review. It helps other people find it. And until next time, remember, light always wins.